Top Sport on SAFM. And going straight into our chat on the Champions League and all matters to do with soccer, incidentally. We will also talk football and what's happening in the lower leagues in England. Tonight is a big, big, big night in the Championship. I'm rushing home after the show to watch my team Norwich City play against Queen's Park Rangers in a crucial match for the playoffs in the Championship. But we'll get on to that a little later on. We joined, as we were last week, by the star, Steph, uh, the star Sheffield football journalist, Joe Cran. Joe, uh, good evening. Welcome to the show again. Lots to talk about after last night's Champions League action. Yeah, very much so. Very much so. It's shaping up to be a, a, another exciting year of the Champions League, isn't it? Absolutely so. Let's let's go through last night's two matches, then we'll look ahead to tonight's two matches. Chelsea seem to be in a in a complete mess at the moment. I'd like your opinion on what is going wrong there. No recognised striker. They've spent over £600 million pounds recently, or the, at this season, losing 4-0 on aggregate to the defending champions, Real Madrid. What did you make of their performance? Did you think they were competitive for parts of that match? Or And what does Lampard do to resurrect the season, so to speak? Well, I think losing losing to Real Madrid is, is no um, shame. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, in the, in the Champions League especially, uh, we spoke before about, you know, the, the, they're, they're an absolute beast in, in this competition. It's, it's what they do. It's what they've always done. Um, so losing to them is not a, a major issue. I think the way that they sort of just sort of went out with a whimper is probably what concerns uh, Frank Lampard and, and the Chelsea mm. ownership the most. But they 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 just it feels like with Chelsea that they are, um, you know, people talk about a team of individuals rather than an individual team, and and I think that that it does kind of feel like that's where Chelsea are at the moment. It, it just kind of feels like a um, an expensively assembled mishmash, <laughs> um, and that's that's it's not where you want to be, obviously. They've been through a lot of changes. Um, they had, you know, they made the decision to get rid of Thomas Tuchel. He, you know, he left the job. Graham Potter came in. That didn't work out. That's changed, and it it does feel like um, Chelsea Football Club need a bit of a reset. Um, this season will probably allow them to do that because the chances are um, they're not going to have as many games to play next season. Um, you know, they've obviously they're in a position where I mean. I think they're 11th now. Mm. They're, they're, they're probably not going to be playing in Europe next season as things stand. Um, and yeah, they, they they need a heavy, heavy reset. But the problem is that, you know, when you're not playing Champions League, when you're not playing European football, it does, it does change things. So they're going to be kind of stuck with what they've got. And I, I, honestly, I don't know how, um, I don't know how they change things for the other team. They have had bad luck with injuries. It is worth saying that, that they, you know, yes. they've not had the best of time on the injury front. They've had a lot of key players missing for a, a large period of time over the course of the season. But I still think that they are going to um, um, probably tough to say regret because, you know, you can't really tell what the future would have, would have held. But I, I still think that the right decision for them would have been sticking with, with Graham Potter and, and sort of giving him free reign to, to work yes. the way that he wanted to do. But it just sounds like he was undermined quite a lot at, at Chelsea by some of the players and Player power at Chelsea has been a, mm. an issue for a long, long time. So yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know how that changes. To be honest, let's look at Real Madrid's performance. You mentioned last week that you thought Manchester City were the class side in among the quarter finalists, but Real Madrid. I remember being in Spain last year. I was actually in Malaga at the time, and and even there, the the 
a football fever was spilling over. And then I, I went to Madrid a week after the the trophy was paraded at uh, Real Madrid's stadium. And it was a momentous occasion. People were in line for miles and miles around the stadium to have a photo taken with the trophy. So huge football fever. Do you see Real Madrid maybe competing with Manchester City for this title? Or do you think City are just a cut above everybody else? I think that, I think um, Real Madrid can definitely compete. It's what they do. Like I say, this is a... The, the Champions League is their, their bread and butter. They've won it more times than anybody else, and, mm. and not just a little bit either. You know, a lot more than anybody else. They're, they're a, a side that, that thrive in European competition. They, um, you know, there's obviously ties like what they had with Chelsea, where they never really had to get out of second gear and they could sort of breeze through it. But you've seen the amount of times that they've gone up, gone up against really, really strong competition and. They just seem to find a way. Even if they don't play particularly well, they find a way through. Um, you know, Carlo Ancelotti's record in the Champions League with Real Madrid is, is incredible. And, and I think that they will always, always, always be a threat. And uh, obviously there's the, there's Pep Guardiola's link with, with Real Madrid as well. Yes. It's, um, yeah, it's a, there's, a, there's an interesting sort of matchup there if those two do end up playing each other. Let's look at... Back at the other match from last night in the Italian derby, Milan against Napoli. And, and Napoli sitting 14 points clear at the top of Serie A, but Milan have the, the upper hand over them, beating them recently 4-0 in, in Serie A at the beginning of April and now winning 2-1 on aggregate with Olivia Giroud on the score sheet last night and that last-minute goal in the third minute of time added on effectively for Napoli made no difference. Milan also their first semi-final since 2007. They might set up an, an all-Italian semi-final if things go according to plan. Yeah, look, I mean, I think it's it's shocked a lot of people. Milan have, have hardly been in, in the best of form. You know, they've obviously done really well to get to where they have in the Champions League. And uh, to, to get the result against the Napoli side, they've been flying all mm. season and not just not just a sort of over two legs in the Champions League, but, you know, in the league as well, like you mentioned. I think, you know, not having Osman for the first leg didn't, sort of won't have helped. But obviously he was back in and back scoring um, in the 1-1 draw. But, yeah, I think... I, I do think that with with Milan not go, so with Milan going through, they've got less of a chance of progressing further than what um, what Napoli would have done. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it's going to be interesting to see sort of how they how they fare when they go up against um, you know if they end up against non-Italian opposition. Right. Um, the the games tonight, of course, um, Manchester City travelled to Bayern Munich holding that 3-0 lead after the first leg. Many people are saying that tie is, is all over. There's no way Manchester City are going to relinquish their 3-0 lead. They have, of course, a fantastic record against Bundesliga opposition. I was looking up unbeaten in their last nine versus opponents from the top league in Germany. Is, In your opinion, is it cut and dried or do you see Bayern maybe mounting a slight fight back and just keeping nerves on edge a bit? Uh, not really, if I'm honest. <laughs> I think, you know, with the way City have been recently, you know, their records, it's a bit of a joke. Um, you know, they've, they've earned the sort of the, the right now to, to rest players in, in this game. So I think I wouldn't be at all surprised to see Bayern win this game. You know what I mean? I can I, I think it would be, uh, you know, to see them scoring first and, you know, win 1-0, 2-1, something like that. I think that that is possible depending on what sort of side they end up putting out for Man City because mm. you know they they've got such a strong squad in terms of the depth they've got available that they could effectively put out a, a second string side and you wouldn't think that they'd lose 
by more than three goals. Um, so it's going to be really, really interesting to see how Pep Guardiola approaches this one. But I don't think that there'll be enough there right. for them to really be scared at any point. I think, you know, okay, I wouldn't be at all shocked by them not getting a home win because, you know, they are sort of on their own patch. But in terms of, of getting enough to, to reverse the fixture, I, I don't think that that is, I don't think that's on the cards. And Manchester City also, of course, given a lifeline in the in the league by West Ham coming back from 2-0 down against Arsenal. But that's a discussion for another day. Then finally, the other match tonight, Inter taking a 2-0 lead into their match against Benfica, their home tie. Do you see Inter maybe sitting back with their excellent defensive record and parking the bus and inviting Benfica on? Or uh, do you think Benfica uh, might be able to turn this one around and maybe set up a, a meeting against Milan in the semi-finals? No, I think that, you know, into a, I think they'll be a little bit too savvy. They're, they're in a, they've put themselves in a really strong position for tonight's game. Um, you know, like you like you mentioned, defensively, they've been really strong. But I think we've had a great season. They have got goals in them, but the, the fact that Inter know they've got a two-goal lead to protect, I think makes it a little bit different. You know, they're... Yeah. They don't concede two goals many very often, and and with them being at home as well, I think that makes a big difference. So yeah, I, I can see again. It wouldn't be a major shock if Benfica scored in this game. Um, right. Not a major shock anyway, but I, I do still think that Inter are going to have um, too much nous defensively to to let a two goal lead slip. And of course, Benfica going into this one on the back of a bit of an upset, a 1-0 loss in, in Primera Liga in Portugal. The last gasp loss to Chavez on the weekend. Does that play any part in, in the psyche ahead of this one? Or is it all all hands to the pump, so to speak, in terms of the mission in Europe? No, I think that the mission is different. You know, the, the, it's different opponents. You know, the, you see the way that often is the case when teams who are top of the table go up against teams who are um, sort of a little bit further down maybe mm. they see it as a big scalp all that kind of thing but you know Benfica have had a by, by their standards from what they've, they've done this season they've had a bad few games I think it's three on the bounce now that they've lost um, yeah I just think that they I don't think that the defeat in the last game will um, will be a mental issue for them I think they'll they'll be too sort of too strong mentally to, to that, that affects them but I can't see them having enough to to get two goals and, and overturn this, um, especially after San Siro. All right, let's um, move out of move away from Champions League. Look at all the happenings in in your city in Sheffield at the moment. Lots of exciting things happening. I mentioned in the sports news. The, the break of 147 for Englishman Kieran Wilson in at the Crucible. Uh, only the 13th time that that had happened in snooker. But Sheffield United are on the verge of promotion automatically to the Premier League. In your side, Sheffield Wednesday had a, a win last night, but unfortunately so did Plymouth and so did Ipswich. So it's it's very, very tight at the top of League One. How, how do things stand at the moment in terms of your viewpoint of things there? Terrifying, mate. Absolutely terrifying. <laughs> Working the last uh, the last ten minutes of the game last night, it was like a roller coaster of emotions. And you know, it's which were lo- uh, it's were drawing, Plymouth were drawing, Wednesday mm. were winning, but it was really, really tight. They were sort of under some serious pressure going into the end of the game. And uh, yeah, it got really, really tight. And then obviously it was it was quite tense. And Plymouth scored in the ninety sixth minute. Wow. Ipswich scored in the eighty fourth minute. So it's kind of as as you were, but. Yeah, it's really, really tight there at the top of the uh, top of League One. 
you know, 87, 88, 89 points at the moment. Yes. Still quite, you know, still quite open with the playoffs as well. Um, but I'm sure we're going to touch on it. It's not quite as tight for the playoffs as it is in the championship. Just that, <laughs> as is always the case, is an absolutely bonkers league. Oh, that, that championship is ridiculous. Just for listeners who don't follow it, effectively it looks like at the moment Middlesbrough and Luton are pretty much have secured their place in the championship. There's a, In the playoffs, there's a slight, slight chance that somebody could overtake Sheffield United, but very unlikely. And then below that, you've got uh, probably about eight or nine teams. West Brom have now played themselves into contention. Watford are sitting on the fringe. There's Preston, there's Millwall, there's my side, uh, Norwich, there's Sunderland. Uh, I don't know, all, all sorts of other teams in the mix as well. And they all have to play each other. Blackburn Rovers in there as well. Uh, effectively about seven or eight teams fighting for two spots. So <laughs> it's completely ridiculous. Ridiculous. And tonight, six matches there as well. Yeah, and, and it is just what, to be honest, it's what the lower leagues of English football have always done. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think, and obviously I'm probably slightly biased because it's it's my my country and that kind of thing. But I don't think there's a there's a, a football league system like it where it's so competitive, so far down. Mm. You know, you look at what happened, what's happening with the likes of of Notts County and 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 Wrexham down in the national league as well. Yes. And it is it's, it's yeah, it's crazy out here, and, and I think with the the way that the championship is is lined up right now, it's just another good example of of that. Really, I mean, you look at obviously Burnley, who've blown the competition away this season. They've been fantastic under Vincent Company, but mm. you know, below that, it pains me to say it as a Wednesday night, but you know, <laughs> Sheffield United have done a, a, a great job. Paul Ettingbottom, former Wednesday player, obviously, yes. um, he's done a he's done a fine a fine job there, and. I think they'll probably end up securing that that second place, but the rest of it is so up for grabs. I think it's, you know, you look at third down to about 11th, and everyone's still in with a real fighting chance. Um, I mean, it's the the swing and and the the speed at which things can change. I remember a few years back when um, when Wednesday were in the championship at one point, and I think we went into the final day in 22nd place and ended up finished 15th. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's just the nature of the of the league. It changes so drastically, and I would be very, very surprised if we go to the final day and there's still two or three, um, two or three teams still to be decided. Sounds like Joe, you and I have got some very, very anxious moments for different reasons in the next two or three <laughs> weeks ahead. It's going to be fascinating viewing all around. Thank you so much for your input. That's Joe Cram, the Star Sheffield football journalist, chatting to us tonight about both the Champions League and what is happening in the lower leagues in England. Joe, we'll chat to you again soon. Thanks for your time. Thanks for having me. Take care.